We're back. All right. I still want to sit uh, quietly just for a second. Stretch that back. I was saying that without these teachings, uh, my life would have been very different, probably much for the worse, I think, because I'm, uh, I was a Woody Allen type, kind of neurotic, maybe kind of type A personality driven, smoking too much, not sure where my life was going. Taigo too, you know, you can you can see it come through in his personality. He's uh, he's an edgy guy. Sometimes short, bit short, tempered. That's because we're not Buddha. That's why I think, if I may say, we make good teachers because we know the value of these teachings from our own life. How they changed our lives. In other words, if you think we're bad now, you should have seen us before Buddhism. I know that's true for Tiger's life too. Someday we'll be Buddha, many lives down the road, but in the meantime, I'm happy to be me, a human being. There's good moments, not so good moments, but no terrible moments. And that's because of these teachings. And even amid the craziness of life, there's something very freeing. Always. I've been sick in emergency rooms. I've had my son sick in emergency rooms. I've had uh, seen car crashes. I've been really, at, at moments in, in life, worried about whether uh, I was losing my business, uh, whether we would lose the house, whether it would come something down in an earthquake or a nuclear accident, it's been a wild ride. It hasn't always been pleasant. And in all that, the teachings of the Heart Sutra make it somehow, somehow, even all that, somehow okay. I was thinking about a good translation for emptiness when I said dancing or dancing. Flowing wholeness. It's not broken, it's whole. It's somehow sacred. Sometimes I say, holy, holy, whole. H-O-L-Y-W-H-O-L-E. Even when life seems broken into pieces like Humpty Dumpty, you never can get it back together again. There's this certain flowing wholeness Just okay. And that's why it says here, Bodhisattvas live this Prajna Paramita with no hindrance of mind. Isn't that a lovely expression? No hindrance of mind. 
not hindered by all the potential obstacles of life, the setbacks, times that knocks you down. Oh, still not fun, don't get me wrong. But there's that certain taste, that certain aspect where there's no hindrance. we make is right here. It's, there's no hindrance of mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond all delusion, nirvana is already here. This is a radical statement of Buddhism. Traditional Buddhist idea, even now, is that it takes endless lives to scrub away delusion to attain nirvana. Somehow in the original Buddhist stories, Buddha made his discoveries and went off to teach. He was introducing people to nirvana right and left. And gradually the bigger his organization became, the slower it got to nirvana. I don't know if maybe they didn't want to promise nirvana to too many people. I don't know. I've got way off topic here now. But the point is, sometimes I think that the Buddha's original teachings were somehow very, very simple. They got all complicated in the hands of philosophers and people with too much time on their hands. Authors who commented on commentaries by commentators. And suddenly, they had intricate philosophy philosophies competing one with the other. But the original teachings were simple and something like the Heart Sutra in its simplicity rediscovered those original teachings perhaps. I don't know if they're the original teachings or not, but I know they're good teachings and they work teachings. Nirvana is already here, has been all along, it's not over distant hill, it's not many lifetimes away, it's here where you can see it as such. And how do you do that? By piercing what this enlightenment is, by piercing what this emptiness is, by piercing what this flowing wholeness is, and you'll see it, you'll be it. All past, present, and future Buddhas live this Prajnaparamita. So as they live it, it's not just something to think about intellectually, it's not something just to realize, it's not something just to see. It has to be brought to life. This was Master Dogen's idea of practice enlightenment. Enlightenment is not something you see, not some revelation. Well, it's that too. I mean, there are things in your mind that clear away, like the clouds party. And suddenly there's great clarity, there's a non-hindrance, wholeness. Then you got to get up and live it. you got to make it real in your life, and it can be done. These teachings will simplify your life, will ease your life, clarify your life, will make your life flowing whole, you learn how to put them into practice.
they realize supreme and complete enlightenment through this. Just what it says. The highest enlightenment, the supreme enlightenment, and the one that's complete. That wholeness is so whole that it is complete, beyond complete. do away with delusions, with flying pink elephants. Oh, sure, we still live in the world of delusion. We have to, like the lotus in the mud. You know, Master Hakuin's song that I sang before is really about the same thing. Without butter, no ice, outside us, no blueness. It's here, it's us. Pure land is not far away. Nirvana is right here. It's the same. Then we come to an interesting section. Therefore, know that Prajna Paramita is the sacred mantra, the luminous mantra, the supreme mantra, the incomparable mantra by which all suffering is clear. I mean, by which I underlined it five different times. Now what does this mantra mean? Now mantra has the image of perhaps being a, a word, a phrase you say that has some power to it, maybe a magical power, abracadabra. The mantra can also be a teaching of motto, uh, something, a phrase that captures some profound truth, like Eureka. And in that sense it's magic, because, real magic, because if you do pierce the perfection of wisdom, see through all the stuff. You can make a broken world whole. You can transcend past and future. You can change. Change the world. At least your experience of it. So it is a magic phrase. Prajnaparamita. knocks down walls. It brings unity from here to the furthest star beyond. That's magic. That's power. That's why it's sacred. It's luminous, supreme, incomparable. Because it clears all suffering. White, clear away. Here all along. I'm reminded of the sixth ancestor's poem in his poetry contest in the, in the platform sutra, the altar sutra. One monk said that our practice is to wipe away the grime, to get to the clarity, and 
Vedanta said that the clarity is so clear, there's nothing to wipe away. So I try to wipe away the flying things. How can you wipe away something that's not there? Next week I'm going to visit Huynam. I'm going to the temple where he talked for many years after he was a layman when he became the sixth patriarch in late in life. Only then did he decide to become a monk. He was already the patriarch of Zen when he was just a lay person for years. And then when he became a monk, he lived in this temple and then he died. But he's still there. They keep his body there, his money, sitting zazen perpetually through the centuries. Zazen, you see, is even some people say that way none said zazen is not necessary. It's, when you read the platform sutra, you see the way he's sitting cross-legged there. absolutely necessary. It's the non-wiping away of the flying pink pigs. All the time we're sitting, flying pink pigs are coming into our heads. We let them go. We realize they were never there. And we sit. Then when we get up, go back to life, we have to deal with our life filled with flying pink pigs the tax bill that can't be paid, the mortgage that can't be paid, the child who's sick, the job that is driving us crazy, the flat tires of life, all the flying pigs. That's our life. And we also learn in Zazen to let the flying pink pigs go. Why? And thus, it is the supreme mantra by which all suffering is clear. This is no other than truth. They have opinion. Therefore, set forth the Prajnaparamita mantra, set forth this mantra and proclaim Gate, Gate, Paragate, Parasamgate, Bodhiswaha. I think they left it in Sanskrit just because it's such a nice sound. But of course, it's a powerful sound. But it means something too. It's hard to translate. The best translation I found was, uh, some people say, gone, gone, gone beyond, gone beyond to the other shore. We have to get over there, from here, the shore of illusion. The shore of nirvana and awakening is way over there, and we have to get the raft. The raft is the Buddha, and we have to cross over there. And if we're good sailors, we may get down there sometime, this life or the next. But I like to translate it in the, the Zen way. Already gone. Always has been. There was no place to go already gone beyond. Right here is beyond when you know it as such. 
this side of the river, that side of the river, right in the middle of the river. Already fully beyond, already fully whole. Awakening, rejoice! not just teachings with no practical purpose, my friend. Make it work in your own life, okay? Now, since we finished the sutra, we're going to read the verse on closing the sutra. I like that. In Japanese it goes, Jiho-san shifu Have you ever heard that? I like it better in Japanese, but we're going to do it in English because we're an international sangha and we do it in English. Are you ready? I'll do the first part and you join me for the second. It's on the first page of the chant book. May the merits of these teachings penetrate into each thing in all places so that we and every city being together may realize the Buddha's way. All Buddhas throughout space and time, all Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, Maha Prajna, Arabi. Okay. Let's sit uh, a little zazen. I have to schedule to see uh, how long it is, but let me get you started here.